The following campaign was chosen by our Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. You can head there, too, and join in to help choose which game we'll play next. There's a poll out there every month. And this month, they've chosen a really interesting game. This game is based on real events. At a real time. World War II. Soviet Russia. On October 8th, 1941, Soviet Premier Joseph Stalin issued an order allowing women to serve in combat. Three women's Air Force units were formed. One of them, the 588. The 588 was all women, mostly women in their late teens and early 20s. Their mission, harassment bombing. And they would fly missions from then until the very end of the war. Many of those pilots flew over 800 times. And they flew in biplanes built in the 1920s. Wood and canvas planes used for crop dusting and training exercises. They were expected to fail. And even though those planes were obsolete and slow, they figured out a couple of tricks, like cutting their engines and flying in quietly, dropping the bombs with nothing but the sound of wind around them. And that sound sounded a little bit like broomsticks which is why the Germans gave them their name, the Night Witches. Now this is our first episode in this campaign, and as such, we're going to be making our characters. And what characters these were, I hope we did it justice to the history of the women of the 588. In the meantime, sit back and relax, because even though this is a sounding like a serious historical drama we're about to play, don't worry. We're still the Terrible Warriors. Hello there, terrible listeners. I was going to say terrible warriors. Ah, you're terrible warriors, too. Here we are, uh, the next campaign. And Happy New Year. It's 2019 now. It's not when we recorded it, but that, that's probably why I still sound dead inside. If we, have, we don't have the refreshing feel of a blank slate of a new year yet. Just the crushing oppression of December. Here we are. Uh, you uh, have been voting for new games every month since we started this season in September, and we've had a really fun time playing through the games you've picked, but you've been picking sequels this entire time. We returned to Star Trek. We returned to Masks. This month is different. You actually suggested Night Witches by Jason Morningstar. That's very cool. However, I have a bone to pick with you, dear listener. Up until the day the poll ended... We were supposed to be playing Dogs in the Vineyard. And that is the game I had prepared to play and the game that I understood. That was the game that was leading the polls for weeks. And I even posted on that Friday night, we're playing Dogs in the Vineyard and put it all out in social media because there's only seven hours left in the poll. And then you changed your votes. <laughs> and a lot of new people signed up. And thank you for joining us on Patreon. And we love you. And we really appreciate you supporting the show. And the last second at the 11th hour, the vote changed to put Night Witches in the lead. And I have uh, spent the last five days <laughs> learning how to play this game. Crash coursing <laughs> this game. Literally crash nice. coursing how to play Night Witches. Now, this is a game I have wanted to play for a very long time. It's been on my radar for a very long time. Uh, when did this game come out? Um, 2014. So it's not that old, but... Um, uh, it's almost as old as the podcast. Uh, and uh, uh, Jason Morningstar is an author, uh, Bully Pulpit Games, uh, also works on um, Fiasco, if you've heard of Fiasco. We've played Fiasco on the podcast in the past. He also did Night Witches. Um, 
It's uh, a Powered by Apocalypse game. It does change some of the expectations about Powered by Apocalypse, in mainly that the GM role is shared around the table, which is kind of interesting. Uh, and uh, it is set in the very real world and real experiences of the 588 Air Force Regiment uh, from the Soviet Army during World War II. Uh, what made them remarkable is they were an all-women Air Force unit uh, that was set up uh, after the war had started and the Soviets needed more soldiers and they allowed women to join the army, originally intended to be reservists, uh, the 588 ended up on the front line after only four months of training. And their mission was a mission of harassment, nightly night bombing raids on German targets. They didn't have much equipment to do that bombing and were given uh, even less. Everyone expected them to fail. They were a sideshow afterthought. Uh, let the women fly, whatever. And uh, they were given World War One era biplanes to fly their missions in. Uh, but they did have a few advantages, as the women found out. These biplanes flew slower than the stall speed of modern planes, which made them incredibly hard to hunt. They had a, an incredibly high glide ratio, which allowed them to cut their engines and silently fly down, uh, glide down to their targets and drop their bombs and then turn their engines on and blast away. Uh, and using that, and they were also relatively easy to handle and learn um, uh, uh, because of their nature being crop dusters. Like they were known as agricultural planes before the war began, uh, and they were easier to repair and cheaper to replace. And so um, they did this campaign uh, just to harass. They some nights wouldn't kill any Germans. Some nights they wouldn't even get to their target. Some nights they didn't have bombs, so they would drop rail ties instead. And uh, but it was just a night. It was a mission of continuous harassment that caused madness among the German troops because not only were they never knowing where they would strike next, they also knew that every time these bombers struck, because the biplanes were so identifiable after the fact by their click, click, click in the engines, they all knew that there were women flying these planes. And for a society even more split by gender at that time in Germany compared to what it was like in, in, in Soviet Russia, um, this drove those soldiers up the wall to know oh, that there was women who was bombing them every night and not letting them sleep and driving them crazy and blowing up their munitions depot and all this going on. And, uh, and of course, when the Soviets figured out that, oh, the Germans really hate it when we send women to the front line, they sent more women to the front line, right? Like, like that's just oh, man, to be a what they the needed wall. to do. Because they, the Soviets had this interesting paradox in that they had in their constitution in writing full equality of the sexes. But then as Stalin took over traditional values and all this kind of stuff started being talked about. And there wasn't really equality because it was a woman's duty to the state to have children to the point where there was even a medal given to women who would have seven or more children. And, uh, and so when the five, eight, eight came around and the night witches are flying around in their planes, uh, they were, at a time also being patriotic to their country and following through with the ideals of the party and all that kind of stuff, but also shirking all of their responsibilities and traditions and everything everything that was expected of them. During the full time of the 588, only one birth happened for an all-woman regiment of 200 uh, over the course of three years. So that was seen as a, like... This, this disgraceful thing. And so the night 
witches were it was the night witches the name was a name given to them by the germans uh, right like the night witches are coming uh, a, a similar story from a canadian perspective where the um the devil's brigade uh which was a special forces before the special forces were a thing um they were to go behind enemy lines and just like uh take out small little like blow up a, a small place here or there and, and then they started leaving stickers saying the worst is yet to come written in german they were led by an indigenous canadian commander and uh were half american half canadian the british came up with the idea well, well this is suicide so give it to the canadians and the canadians went and when they pulled all the soldiers off of the western front to get ready for d-day they left this devil's brigade behind with only like 20 men to handle the entire front line and it's just said hold the line we'll be right back because they were going to <laughs> invade normandy and they decided to then do a campaign of terror instead where they would sneak across enemy lines wearing all black they would pull it they would cover everything in charcoal so there was no shine on their metal and they would blow up one place or take out one gun or just one that was it each night and then they would leave back with a little sticker the worst is yet to come and when and they actually took like 200 yards of territory Wow. Over no man's land and found a diary from a commander that said, we cannot escape. The devil's brigade is everywhere. And that's similar to how the night witches got their name. The Germans ended up becoming very superstitious when things started not going their way. And, uh, uh, so anyways, uh, uh, they're heroes. They're very interesting, complicated stories. Uh, and everyone wanted them to fail. And so we're going to be playing these people today. Um, and I know that's 10 minutes in, and it's a big of a lot of, like, backstory on this. But this is, this is a different kind of game than we're used to, where we're not just creating a world of our own creation. We're setting it in the real world. In fact, we're going to be setting it uh, at a uh, specific year in uh, March of 1943. So uh, we'll get all into all of that. But before we actually introduce our characters, maybe it's time I introduce my players. We've been sitting around the table making icon going, oh, wow, ooh, yee, ooh, as I'm telling the story. We have players new and old here at the table uh, joining us, uh, returning after a, a short hiatus. Uh, La- Tales in the Loop was the last one you were here for, right? That's correct. Yeah, that is correct. Welcome back, Joshua. Well, thank you for, for having me back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, what Joshua, uh, Joshua Barbeau. You guys all know me as the uh, terrible computer from Paranoia mm-hmm. and uh, various other games I played in. Yeah, and uh, 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 Chaotic Rogue Entertainment still a thing? Chaotic Rogue Entertainment. Yes, I am from Chaotic Rogue Entertainment. Sorry, I'm just going to do your job for you. <laughs> Thank you for plugging my thing that I forgot to plug. It's 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 early and I haven't drank enough tea yet. Um, uh, uh, yes, Chaotic Rogue Entertainment. You can go to our website, uh, chaoticrogue.com. We have all kinds of uh, stuff. We have a, primarily a Dungeons and Dragons focus, but yeah. uh, we're we're trying to branch you out. Got to articles and all, like tips on writing and running as a GM and uh, absolutely, uh, which I know that I mean that's that's near and dear to you uh, as a as a GM for hire and all mm-hmm. that. So, oh so. yes, and if you uh, if you're in the Toronto area and you're looking mm-hmm. for a dungeon master to play D and D with, uh, go to dmondemand.ca. There you are. So that's a, that's enough plugging from Joshua. I'll have some plugging from Neil Tavares. Welcome back, buddy. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty well. How uh, are you? Hey, Neil Tavares, Neil T. Tattoos. Coming on back for something very different, very fun for me, I think. Yeah, you were here for, I mean, we've played Star Trek now and, mm-hmm. and Masks, yeah. and they've all had very different tones. And so now this, is, this, is, this couldn't be more removed from the two of them. So, very much so. Uh, it's uh, one, of a, one of the coolest things I think I like about this hobby and this show is, is all the different like, 
crazy stories we were going to do. We, you were getting ready to come and play Dogs in the Vineyard. I was. Which was going to be yeah. like teenage demon hunters in a Mormon alternate history. I was totally going to um, give myself a southern accent and everything. Yeah. Just... Now, it's, now, it's, uh, now, we're, now we're all on the Russian front. So here, <laughs> I'm not going to attempt here we are. that one. No, let's awesome. not. Let's just do. Uh, let's just use our own own accents. Actually, there was an interesting article I was reading on uh, using accents in gameplay and how that's like not appropriate at all. Like, pick a pick a name, pick a demeanor, pick a characterization, but uh, to use a caricature of an accent, uh, know what you're doing <laughs> as an actor. Um, take some improv courses and uh, uh, and uh, see see how that is. Like, it's a little different if you're a, a you know. British accent doing an American accent versus a uh, Canadian accent as a white man emulating uh, Indian or Chinese or Japanese. Oh, yeah, totally. Maybe don't. But when it's like Russian, <laughs> we don't. No. Russian, yeah. We, I mean, no. we certainly, uh, uh, Spanish, I, 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 uh, I, I use a very offensive Russian accent in our paranoia game at yeah. Con Bravo, where I played as Com R. Other, other white passing white kind of like accents uh, in the world. Which well, I'm the, par- the paranoia game at Con Bravo kind of. Uh, uh, demanded certain certain uh, <laughs> certain certain things. Aesthetics. Uh, the, uh, we'll, say. we'll call them aesthetics. Interesting connection there with paranoia, though, is reading up on the history of night witches and it coming off of the Great Purge in Russia in the 1930s, and how much paranoia shares in common with the historical Great Purge. There was nothing comedic about the Great Purge. It was just as a time of everyone declaring everyone else a traitor and uh at, at the at its peak in the great purge a thousand people were being executed a day Jesus. um which we you know somehow that exact scenario also describes paranoia but paranoia is slapstick so that's interesting new to the podcast uh uh you uh, uh answered the call a uh, friend of ours a friend of the show uh welcome joe thank you hi joe i'm super excited to be here and uh you you haven't played a powered by apocalypse game i have not i've played a lot of i don't uh, know this isn't cred checking i'm just curious to know like where 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 your you know hobby background is yeah so i've played a lot of D and i've played a lot of D inspired games and i also used to play a lot of white wolf stuff oh cool that was a long time ago we have a friend. It wasn't White Wolf. <laughs> he wrote. He wrote for Vampire. Oh and, no and, way! And then Derek the Bard, who's been on the podcast uh, in the past, uh, LARPed a lot of White Wolf as well. Did a lot of mage, sweet mage LARPing in I'll Toronto have to tell and took Whatever that is. Afterwards. So yeah, yeah. I, always, I mean, I always wanted to LARP White Wolf, but I never did. Yeah, rest in peace, though. Eh, uh, like White no. Wolf just isn't what it used to be. No. Uh, at all no um, <laughs> as a person who played eve online i feel like i should apologize because <laughs> it was ccp that i think put the nail in the coffin on that um but uh we we played a mages game on terrible warriors um i can't remember which one it was mage the ascending or something that was kind of neat it was really it was really cool and i had a roommate who played mage a lot and was trying to get me into that world of play it's just i i'm just a love of the one shots because i can't commit to yeah. playing the same game over and over again. It's hard. Same reason why I've never done a LARP is you, you, I just don't want to do that once because then it feels like you got to buy into no, there's one that's the actual not time. Fantasy Alive or something like that, and it's an ongoing one. I'm going to probably jump in on there one time. Yeah. Well, tell us all about it. I will. Yeah. I will, I will. There is a LARP I want to do on the podcast. Also, Jason Morningstar is the author of that, the same one as Night Witches. It's called Welcome Guests, and it is an eight-player LARP best played around a cooked meal served uh, at the table. Yeah. And uh, five of the people are family sitting down for a meal. 
And three of the people are strangers who, for whatever reason, their car broke down, bad weather, they got lost. They've knocked on the door and they're looking for assistance. And they've been invited in for dinner while they wait for their car to be fixed or the tow to arrive or the weather to let oh, up. No, murder. The five members of the family are a cannibalistic cult. Yeah, and they are, described, they are deciding during the game whether or not to eat the three strangers or to invite them to join the family. Or like a mix of the two. That's kind of bad either way. <laughs> and, uh, That's where you have to be like, I'm and, so down. No and problem. it's a comedy. I'll get ketchup. I'll and be it's right a comedy back. played over a, <laughs> of a, over a live meal. And, uh, and so as you're eating the meal, uh, you start passing notes and talking to each other and deciding like, so am I, are we into this person? And in one play group I heard like they married the grandfather into the family and ate their brother and then had their art he- heart eaten during the wedding ceremony. And How romantic. <laughs> it's, like, it's nonsense. So romantic. So it's like Hannibal That's and Chainsaw like Massacre and uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show kind of <laughs> all rolled into one. Good Lord. That sounds beautiful. <laughs> So I really want to play that, but I don't know how to do that on the podcast. My plan was the three strangers would each have recording devices on them, and the game would be recorded like a found footage show. Oh. And then we would all break it down and talk afterwards. But something like that, um, Welcome Guests, feels like it would be best played with like probably a video camera. (laughs) Just record the dinner table and do it like at an event. Um, And a recipe book. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I actually have a friend. Uh, I got I got a friend who own a house, and we can play the game in their like big, nice dining room. I've got another friend who is uh, a wine reviewer who has connections with sous chefs in the city, so they would like Ooh. make the meal and pair with the wine. So it would be like an event. Um, it's just it's just having to get all those ducks in a row. But but I really oh, want to yeah. do welcome guests sometime soon. That could be really interesting, yeah. especially if you had a whole kind of like hey, pitch in kind of thing. Win your seat. That'd be cool. Yeah, well, I mean, it's only eight people, so if I had the two people who own the house, three people who own the house, then myself is four, then the person running the game is five, then the person bringing the wine is six, the person cooking is seven, so now everyone else is fighting over one remaining seat. That's a pretty good <laughs> We could I call it the Hunger Game. Yeah. Because it's a meal. Oh, wait, that name's already been Just taken. Tie them at the wrists and both hand them both knives and All see right. what happens. Let's get into this game. So you are going to be playing women in the 588 Regiment uh, uh, during World War II, an all-women Air Force group. Uh, You have, at this time, um, I can uh, bring up this one-shot page. We are playing Soviet women in an all-female night bomber regiment during World War II. We pilots, navigators, mechanics, and political officers. Our mission is to harass the German army, which has invaded our country. The war is brutal and horrific. We fly obsolete biplanes and drop bombs, or when we don't have bombs, railroad ties on the Germans. Things are desperate. It is incredibly dangerous. We fly in darkness, sometimes a dozen missions each night. The Soviet army wishes we didn't exist, and nobody expects us to succeed. We are going to succeed anyways. So the first thing we need to do is choose our playbooks and make our characters. So ahead of time, I had you all look through and pick it out. Uh, And Joe, which playbook have you picked up and are interested in playing i picked pigeon and so uh why did you pick out the pigeon honestly the androgynous move um Mm -hmm. so we each each uh playbook has its own set of moves and i really liked the idea of uh getting to uh act like a man instead of a hooligan 
Mm -hmm. I thought that would be kind of a cool... You won't start with any of those moves. You'll have Uh to get them when you get an advancement. But yeah, looking ahead to the moves of what you want is... uh, It it gives you a tone of also like what to play into. Uh, And it describes pigeons are gregarious, not afraid to get their feathers dirty, resourceful and down to earth. They are also vaguely ridiculous and most comfortable in a crowd. And I also get to make hotful boyfriend jokes. I also get to make hotful boyfriend jokes being a pigeon. (laughs) Uh, And... uh, (laughs) But that's not the reason I chose them. That's a great game, and everyone listening should play Had a Full Boyfriend. And so down the list, you're also picking a role. Um, choosing one of these roles, uh, when um, th- we might be changing them as we get marks in the game in that. There's bits, or whenever we change a duty We're probably not going to change a duty station in our, in our playthrough today. Um, of those roles, which one were you interested in? I think I really liked um, Protector. I like the idea of kind of this brash uh, person mm-hmm. who also really kind of looks out for their flock. Yeah, so the uh, the protector has a fierce loyalty to their sisters in arms, are driven to apply their skills and courage in the service of something bigger than themselves. For them, the war is personal. Play a protector if you'd rather take a bullet yourself than see a comrade hurt. The other roles for everyone else listening. Uh, adventurer, dreamer, leader, misanthrope, and zealot. Um, and uh, working our way through this, you have uh, the role and your look and background. Uh, is uh, See, under look and background, a circle, one from each category. Mm-hmm. Um, have you circled them yet, or should I come back to you? I have not. Okay, so go and circle those, and, and I'll come back to you in a minute. Thank they're you. different for each playbook because they're there to kind of help paint the tone of, of, that, of that background. Um, so, Neil, uh, what nature did you choose? Uh, I I was gonna go with protector, but I think oh I'll nature try the nature or the well, the nature the the name of the the whole playbook at the top. Oh, sorry, my mistake. Owl, the owl, and you can pick the same roles. That's fine. I just want different natures because yeah, uh, yeah. roles are fluid and they're going to change through play. Fair. Uh, so the owl, quiet and observant, among the most contemplated of birds. Unlike hawks, they're happy to watch and wait. Owls are solitary predators who feast on the bones of the weak. Um, why did you, uh, why did you, why did the, what appealed I, to the owl for I you? I mean, it was, it was pretty like surface level. I just really like owls. They're mm. really neat. So there I was like, go. let's go with that. Let's go yeah, with that. A owl. little bit of the wise. That's fine too. Nice. And you, what role? You're thinking of protector, but you're changing your I'll mind? I'll try adventurer. Adventurer. Uh, and adventurers are, um, if they aren't behind the yoke and throttle of an airplane, they're thinking about how to get behind the yoke and throttle of an airplane. Uh, you also get bonuses to moves. When you bring a plane wheels down well, um, adventure is adept at the wheels down move and advance between duty stations if at some point you walked away from an utterly wrecked aircraft. So uh, it's uh, being an adventurer, if you're able to land a damaged plane, which is what wheels down means, uh, you'll automatically advance because you're an adventurer. Um, and for protector, one of the rules there is uh, you repair well. Uh, you're handy with an aircraft. Repair and advance between duty stations if at some point you save someone's life. So whenever you save someone's life, you can you get a hold that you can then cash in on a repair that will allow you to also advance when you do that. Uh, so you get, cool. you get a bit there. Uh, Joshua, yes. what are you thinking here? Well, I took the sparrow. You took the sparrow. And I didn't take the sparrow because I looked at the moves and I liked the moves. Or I didn't take the sparrow because I identified necessarily with that bird. I simply took the sparrow because when you were describing it to us uh, briefly before we turned on the mics, uh, you said the sparrow was the coward. You, they are nervous, timid, and prone to flying away at the first sign of trouble. And that sounded like the most fun to play. 
Um, so, uh, so that's the one I took. Yeah. So, uh, so you've picked, and, and of the roles, what were you interested in picking for the roles? Well, when you described the roles to us, the first one that jumped out at me was Dreamer, and I wanted to play Dreamer, but then I read that Dreamers are good at informal interviews, and I don't think that this character is good at interviews, so I switched to Misanthrope. So the informal interviews are um, going back to historical Soviet uh, during this time. After the Great Purge, there was a great amount of paranoia in that world. Uh, and the regiment has in its officer rank and its high officers a, a politic, uh, a political officer who's there to like make sure everyone's following the articles of the party. And uh, they represent the NKVD. Whenever something happens that where you're not following orders, you're not doing things right, you're suspected of lesbianism or a crime or any other number of things that might get you in trouble, you (laughs) will uh, sit down for an informal interview with the NK. It's an informal interview. We're just having a chat. We're just going to get to talk. And they're going to ask you some questions. You're going to have to roll for it. If you're lying or telling the truth or whatever, you're going to depend on which stat you roll into. And then things will either go well for you and carry on, have a nice day, or you will find yourself being reassigned to a new duty at an internment camp. Uh, Because you don't get demoted in this game. You only get promoted. If you do something that requires a demotion, you are just shipped away to uh, a prison camp instead where you serve out a sentence and then you return to the game at some time later after, you know, having been rehabilitated. Uh, Because they're also short on soldiers, so they're not just going to get rid of you uh, that much. Unless you do something extremely egregious. Um, All the lesbianism. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. All of it. Usually, the le- the, the lesbianism, which uh, is uh, uh, it's just a thing of the times. And by the way, I, mean, I guess like content note: this is set in the forties in Soviet Russia. So, uh, the uh, as it was put, as I read, the laws on homosexuality were equal and legal in the nineteen like eighteen or sixteen or whatever. But then uh, Stalin changed those rules in the thirties, and but only for men. So men suspected of homosexuality are given like a five-year prison sentence <laughs> women suspected of lesbianism are sent off to a mental institution and uh, it's seen as, a, as it's seen as a uh, as a mental illness and, uh, and are rehabilitated given some group therapy some poly, uh, you know, propaganda treatment and then once they have you know uh, repented their evil ways uh they are sent back to duty probably even more emboldened than before so 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 yeah, I picked uh, I picked. Uh, so you picked you picked Sparrow, and uh, and you were picking you were thinking of Dreamer, but not. I was thinking of Dreamer, but then I was like, well, I don't think this character is good at interviews. But mm-hmm. you, uh, so so I switched to Misanthrope, but uh, yeah, Misanthrope. Misanthrope. You so you're good at scrounging, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, there uh, you are um, uh, playing a Misanthrope if you know it all and don't care if your hands get dirty. Uh, you're an excellent oh, scrounger. she cares if her hands get dirty. Okay, maybe not missing through. You're, you're an excellent scrounger, and you advance between duty stations if at some point you bucked against the patriarchy and got in trouble for it. Oh, that sounds like yeah, her. Yeah, that's the misanthrope. That's what I mean by getting your hands dirty. Done. So, um, for me, I chose the raven. Mm-hmm. Uh, the raven is intelligent and curious, and also a carrion bird with a stubborn disregard for propriety. They aren't afraid to make a scene. And I thought it would be fun to play a zealot, uh, someone who understands their real mission is to help develop political consciousness across the regiment. So when we're talking about informal interviews and stuff, um, probably I'm snitching to the NKVD <laughs> and uh. passing all of that on to them. So, uh, Great. 
So look in background? Because I'm to playing the role of the GM at the start, but I'm also creating a character uh, because the GM role may pass around the table as we play. Uh, so I uh, uh, was having a look here. So again, looking at look in background, circle one from each category. Uh, the okay. only person, and I don't think we're playing that person, is uh, one of the roles. I think it's the... Um, the owl. Not the owl. One of them has a blank under sex. Everyone else has female already written in, but one of them doesn't uh, because uh, they're the only ones who can. Well, uh, mine has female or concealed. Or concealed, yeah. So I could choose to be uh, the sparrow. The sparrow is the one where uh, you, everyone in society believes you're a woman, but what is gender anyways? Uh, and you're still in an all women regiment. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean you. You're the only exception to that with the sparrow is you can opt to be. Um, someone else. Uh, but for the rest of us, it's, it's an all women, uh, women detachment. Yeah, I picked um, female anyway. So, <laughs> is everyone still picking? Should I just read mine since I picked already? Well, my name is Marina. My name is Marina Svetkova. Sergeants and junior lieutenants. Sergeants uh, are. You'll have a bonus to a stat, but you don't have a rank. Junior lieutenants will outrank you. They've gone through officer training, but they won't have any bonuses to their stats. Uh, so you commissioned versus non-commissioned. Yeah, commissioned versus non-commissioned. So one has like the street smarts, and one has like the the things that go with it. So you can choose one or the other, um, and, and and that's uh, and that's fine. Um, I'm not sure how well my character does with uh, authority, so let's go with sergeant. I mean, I, I picked uh, junior lieutenant, but I uh, I don't think my character does well with authority either. I think uh, <laughs> it's just a mistake so that have, she got through. The, the, the yeah. names are, like, there's some options there. And there's also a cheat sheet I gave you if you want to pick a completely different name than from the, the, the ones that are chosen in front of you. Yeah, I um, named myself Marina Svetkova. All uh, female names apparently need to end in an A. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, there's a ma the male version of the name doesn't have the A. So, for example, if I have a brother, his last name would be Svetkov, not Svetkova. Yeah. And you're not adding any moves just yet. Uh, we're going to be going through, though, because uh, we're going to be advancing our characters four times. So you're going to get an option there to pick out moves. Um, so uh, rolling into it, then, after now having looked through our look and backgrounds, uh, we'll, we'll go in reverse order there. Uh, so for myself, because I guess I went last, it was, uh, I decided, you know, okay, if I'm playing uh, a Raven Zealot, then I should have, uh, oh, my name is Vera, just Vera, thanks. Gr uh, Gramova. Um, so everyone has like a name and like a nickname and then their surname. Uh, and uh, uh, nicknames are important too. They're like your, your call signs, what your friends call you when you got regard to you. Um, uh, I don't have a I'm just Vera, thanks. That's, Vera, that's, thanks. that's my name. Um, so Vera Gramova, uh, regulation uniform, angular body, plain face. I'm from Moscow, of course, and I write home to mother and father uh, who are still alive and... Uh, everyone's doing great. Um, so that's what a good daughter you are. Just, just Vera, thanks. Uh, Joshua, what did you write down here? Uh, well, my name is Marina Svetkova, as I've said a couple times, but my nickname is Sparrow because I'm unoriginal. <laughs> um, my sex is uh, female. Uh, uniform I picked is ill-fitting, so mm -hmm. I, I picture her as wearing uh, a uniform that's two sizes too large. Yeah. Uh, body, she, she's beautiful, um, is the one I picked, but, uh, uh, she doesn't necessarily look at all the time. She doesn't keep up with her, 
uh, makeup and things. Her hands are busy. She's always got to have something that she's working with. She, her hometown is Verkoyansk. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. Siberia, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and she writes back home to no one. Oh. To no one. Uh, writing back home is like there's a move in here called reaching out. You can always reach out to people that you write to as well. The the letters will get mailed. My options for writing back home was I could write back home to no one, I could write back home to myself, or I could write back home to my dead child. So I picked no one. <laughs> yeah, those are all pretty depressing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> write to myself because I have no one to write to. Write to my dead child because I have no one to write to. <laughs> or I just write to, to nobody. No one because, because I have no one to write to. I have to. no one to write to. So, uh, Neil... Mm-hmm. What uh, what uh, tell me about your looks and background? What's your what's your pilot's name? My pirate's name oh, is pi- uh, pi- pilot. You said, did you say pirate? Pirate. pirate. No, you said, said pirate. pirate. I heard pirate. I'll be, I heard. I said I'm down Justin for said as well, but I'm Your a pilot. woman's name. <laughs> uh, Valeria, uh, or Lyra mm-hmm. uh, Kazakova. Okay. And uh, she has a regulation uniform. She has a she is a very graceful individual, honest face. Grew up in Moscow. Writes back to her granddad. Nice. And uh, I'm looking for there's a. I had one of those dead husbands here. as well. That's what's <laughs> writing to dead people. Uh, They're not going to get it. A lot of people at, at this po- at this stage <laughs> in 1942, a lot of people in Russia have died. Uh, so people would just write letters. To it's ambiguous. Keep saying passed on, so they could just keep. Yeah, exactly. It's ambiguous whether or not you know that the husband's dead. You're writing back to him. He's dead. No, Do you know that you're writing? Sh- sure. <laughs> Probably. Oh, that's, that's interesting. It could be that too. Writing back to him, not realizing him. You get home. To he a hasn't responded in three months. I don't. I don't know. Joe. Yes. Who are you? Oh, uh, I should be. Um, where did I put my blank piece of paper? I should be writing these uh, notes down. Sorry, guys. Uh, so I am Mariam Pomalova. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no nickname listed that's for fine. Mariam. Miriam, um, yeah. And my uniform's greasy. Things are very practical around here. Sure. Um, you know, you work on the machines, get some grease. It's kind of hard to get out. Uh, I have a very strong build. Uh, my hands are calloused. It's, you know, part of the job. Um, I was born in Novosibirsk and lived there until I got the call for duty. Yeah. And I write back home to my sister, Sonia. Nice. Uh, who is very much alive? <laughs> this rule book. <laughs> oh, nice! So very, very, nice. very much, very much alive. Just, just like, just like Veras. Yes, yes, just like Veras. Yes. We don't write to dead people. No, that's, that's no, no dead people. No, my it's granddad's very alive. No, very my granddad's alive. Sorry. I didn't have an option. The rule book is full of quotes by the women from this regiment, and one of these quotes here, just thinking of the sparrow back, I found it on page fourteen. Some girls thought it unpatriotic to look attractive. I argued that we should. I said, imagine that I have a forced landing at a male fighter airdrome. Soldiers are rushing to my aircraft because they know that the crew is female. I, absolutely dashing, slide out of the cockpit and take off my helmet, and my golden curly hair streams down my shoulders. Everyone is awed by my dazzling beauty. They all desperately fall in love with me. And that's uh, uh, Yevgenia... Of the that, sounds, that sounds like my character. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my character right there. Um, Sold. So we have a uh, 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 role, background, and stats. Each player describes their character as a raw recruit, still in civilian clothes a year ago. Oh, how did you tell your role from the way they carry themselves? How could you tell their nature by the way they're dressed? Um, uh, we're, we're, we're burning time, so 
y'all are getting like a a, a a mental image, but think about like what 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 was your character like before they put on a uniform? What were they like in their civilian days, uh, which was almost a year ago at this point? Um, how does their nature reflect how they dress? How does their role reflect how they walk? Um, for stats, if you chose a sergeant, you get a plus one. If you chose a junior lieutenant, you don't. But uh, you're not putting anything to medals, just skill, guts, and luck. You can see there here, uh, a sergeant uh, gives you the option, junior lieutenant gives you the options. You can, if you, if you have uh, like a junior lieutenant, could you don't get have a any, plus one. Could plus one if, but, I get uh, a if you get a minus one. one. Yeah. Uh, for a sergeant, you can put a plus two or a minus one. Uh, or any order where that, you know, the, 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 the numbers added together are still zero. Uh, or for a sergeant, the numbers added together come to a one. Um, uh, the highest the stats can go is three. Uh, the lowest they can go is two. Uh, I would recommend you don't let any of the stats go above two or below one uh, just at the start and, and just let that kind of be. just going with the zeros. And so, uh, you below negative one? So I'm going to below negative one. Okay. Yeah. Um, so for junior lieutenant, I'm going to let myself have a negative one on one of the... Da I'm going to do a negative one in luck, which I think is probably a terrible idea. Probably. Probably terrible. Yeah. Um, I like it. And our medals are currently at zero. Uh, and I just so, got zeros across the board. I'm talented. <laughs> uh, it says here to take the oath, stand uh, yourself and administer. We're on mic, so I'm not going to have you all stand. And I didn't print this part out for all of you. But uh, the, the oath that they would have read uh, is exactly I, name here, Promise to rise to the defense of my motherland, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. As a fighting man of the workers' and peasants' Red Army, I promise to defend it bravely, skillfully, with dignity and honor, sparing neither my blood nor my life itself for the achievement of total victory over our enemies. And it does, like, you know, in it's sick. Like, that, S-I-C, that it was the oath they had to say was, uh, uh, was gendered that way. Um, so the situation in uh, Trude Guernica... Uh, that's where we find ourselves. Uh, we've been at this for a year. After, acceler after accelerated training, you were thrown immediately into the war. Your first duty station was a hellhole called Trudgernica. That was basically on the front lines for six months. Mud alternated with ice. You flew out of open fields, and women died terrible deaths right before your helpless eyes. Their planes turned into torches by anti-aircraft artillery or German night fighters. You lost, a you, you lost a lot of friends. You flew every night. Uh, beginning here, on the back of your character sheets, you have marks. Uh, normally, if we were playing a full game, we wouldn't start with any marks, and you would develop those over the course of play. However, because we're doing this as a one-shot, uh, you will have um, seven of these checked off. Seven? Seven. Uh, you can check them off any way, as long as the very last one, Embrace Death and your Face Your Final Destiny, is left open. So check off the ones you would like to talk about, and we're going to talk about these marks that you have picked up since uh, Trudgernica, uh, before we arrive at uh, Pashkovo, uh, uh, Pashka... These are, all, these are all intended to be separate events, these correct? Each, each, these are each separate events that left a mark on you. Okay. Yeah, you didn't get these all at once. So witness the death of a comrade and suffer yeah. the death of a friend or you, lover you, can't be the same death. They, they will be a different. They are different deaths. Yes, there's uh, lots of deaths. You have uh, you have been flying every single night and you have seen a lot at this point. Um, and where it says tell a war story, 
that war story can be at any point in time and can even be told in perspective of you in the 1980s giving an interview. So you can embellish it, you can change it, you can fill it with your own bias. It's just a story that you're going to share at the table of something your character did. Um, and the uh, same thing with telling a story home. That's just completely up to you to just, um, that you just have to share that. You're going to also advance your characters four times, encouraging them to take no more than two from each category and explaining the benefits of each. Do not change the duty station and you're less prepared to roll with that. I'm not prepared to roll with that. So of all of those, uh, we're not, uh, it's called moving west. Um, don't uh, uh, check that one off because we're not, we're not moving west. We're, we're playing at this duty station. It's the one I'm, I'm ready to run. Um, and uh, the duty stations, we can either move west when we advance and we'll just go to the next page or we move when we complete all the missions at this station, of which there are uh, six. Um, and uh, why? Uh, feel free to ask them why they're promoted or how they got that medal. So if you picked up any medals along the way, uh, we'll, we'll also be describing that. So we're, we're kind of accelerating the story. We're skipping the first two sessions to go right to session three and, uh, and, and, and filling into this. And, uh, and I, I understand we're all kind of learning the rules. We're like, ah, no, but we're all learning the rules, so we'll be fine. When you earn medals, it's there at the top. There's the four. You earn them left to right. Uh, and then that adds to your stat, and there's a ceremony each time and a reason you were given them. Regimental honors are given for specific duty stations. Everyone who leaves that duty station gets that medal. Uh, the first two we didn't get any medals for, and that begins at this third one. Uh, so that just kind of represents your progressions through the story. But also if you play a new character that is recruited and joins because your last character died, they won't have the medals from those last ones. You can use medals when you act up, and you can point to them on your chest and go, Excuse me, I was here, or I was there, or I have this medal, so you are going to let me do this. Right? And you can, you can use your seniority or the respect of your medals to let you go in a way that otherwise maybe you, a superior wouldn't so, let you. So this is where you were looking at those moves that you're really interested in, Joe. You'll I'm so excited. To, you'll be able to choose those. So I have, um, uh, what did I say? It was four advancements, right? I don't remember. Uh, okay. Yes. Ask them to advance their character four times. And regard slots, um, you open those slots. You can then fill them in um, between missions with a character that you hold to regard, and you'll always have a plus one towards them whenever you roll towards that person or plane. Uh, regard doesn't have to be positive. You might regard them with lust. You might regard them with envy. Uh, and um, you'll write down an adjective that what that regard looks like, but you can uh, add that into to a character. But when you take that as deepening ties, you're just opening up the slot. So my so, slot is open, but I don't have you to don't add have to something. Have anyone okay. in there? You can and add I can add it at any time. Yeah, you have. Uh, if you I don't know. have that, you don't have the option to do any regard. Got it. Maybe I should have, you know, at least zero luck, or maybe I should just roll with it. I think you should keep your negative luck. I think it adds character. <laughs> How would you feel about? Is this reasonable to have a character that has a medal but doesn't feel like she earned it? Absolutely. Oh, that's Sweet. that's exactly what I did. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we both have medals that we didn't necessarily crap, crap earn. Crap like that's that great. happens where you just you did something and you survive and they went, congratulations, surviving the mission, here's a medal. My, and, my, and you're like, ugh. My story is that uh, I was working, I was, uh, uh, something, we did something, the mission was successful, but every, but, but, but everyone except me died because I'm the coward and I didn't, you know, I ran away. Right. 
but I got awarded the medal because they survived. We need we need to reward someone for you're, this. You're we a hero. Yeah, you're a hero. You did the thing. So my medals is plus one now, right? Yeah. So your medals will be up to plus one. I feel like my character actually probably did earn it, but she feels like she didn't. Yeah. Oh, that's I, I like that. I, I, I like like a bit of a survival skill. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. like maybe she fixed the planes that made the mission successful. Yeah. But she doesn't. F- but because she wasn't on that mission, she doesn't feel like. So she you're did you're it. you're a bit of a grease monkey then. Yeah, more yeah. Of a mechanic a, yeah. Out of that. Cool. I'm pretty sure I just have a lot of huts. And I'm gonna have fortunes fool. You, Choose a single move. That's replace a good word. the rolled stat with that's plus a, luck that, when you that's trigger used it. In, uh, so I can trigger f- uh, fortunes fool and roll with luck instead of another stat whenever I trigger. Chutzpah is uh, is actually a stat in paranoia. I know. I'm, <laughs> I've I've read the books, but I haven't had a chance to DM it yet. So. Uh, Going through some of these marks, we don't have to go through all of them um, because it'll take a whole lot of time. But is there anything there as you're checking off that uh, you'd really like to share of uh, something that's happened to to your airwoman in the last year at Turgunica? Well, I already shared how I got my Medal of Valor. I was mm-hmm. the only survivor in a in a in a situation where everyone else died. You were you were uh, you were the escort for the uh, the person doing the attack around the person doing the wayfinding because they're they're teams of three planes and mm-hmm. you're where the the wing woman who's supposed to be distracting the spotlights and keeping them going and they were wayfinding and going to their attack run and you just Bolted. got the hell out of there yeah they still got their target and the mission was a success but those other two planes didn't come back correct i got a medal and a promotion out of it <laughs> and i didn't earn either. so you're going to be squad lead if you're the only one who got a promotion out i'm of a it. lieutenant yeah i don't i definitely don't deserve yeah. it but Excellent. i am <laughs> uh neil do you have anything you'd like to share um not i mean not necessarily a lot of my marks um seem to uh, take a friend or, or take a lover suffer the death of a friend or lover i feel like most of these are all like kind of tied together witness the death of a comrade it took some of those ones mm-hmm. so i feel like you know she kind of she kind of fell for one of her fellow mates and uh, was really enjoying it until the plane went down. So, and uh, I have here some final questions. As a final step in character creation, ask them what has changed about their character's appearance after a year of hard fighting. So from the day you arrived for training, where you got four months of training that would have normally taken another pilot three years, uh, to today now, a year later, we have flown every single night. What has changed about your character's appearance after a year of hard fighting? And I'll have a follow-up question as well from a list of questions. I'm going to give each of us, and then one of you can ask me these questions as well since I'm also creating uh, my character. Which, oh, uh, my, my guy, uh, she... Um, uh, uh, I, I'm, some of the marks I had suffered death of a friend of her lover uh, shared a premonition. Um, I I had a I, you know I, I shared a premonition about uh, that mission, uh, Joshua. That your um, uh, I want I, I need I need this cheat sheet of names so I can call you by your character's names. Sparrow. Uh, Sparrow. Uh, That's so, my nickname. So Sparrow <laughs> uh, Marina. Um, uh, I had a real bad feeling about that mission before mm-hmm. you headed out. And then two of those planes didn't come back. And I shared it with people. In fact, maybe I shared that premonition with you and that caused you to bolt. <laughs> you, got a little, you got a little superstitious oh, about it because I had this dream where you all died. Um, and, uh, and then also the unvarnished truth was another mark. And after that premonition, I think I called you up for being a coward. Yeah. I, I, I told the unvarnished oh. truth. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm, keeping, I'm keeping a record of, 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 of your actions now. Mm. Um, and changed posts for the wrong reasons. Uh, 
uh, I, I feel like I, I was so part you have of the, different marks than I yeah do. I was That's part of the rear echelon and I've changed posts to be on the front line and flying with these planes but it's um but I've done it for all the wrong reasons I've done it for um, information and for you know career advancement for all these other like it's not the glory of it yeah it's, I have one inform the authorities. Perhaps maybe I am for Yeah, we the have different marks you. for different natures. There are different marks for different natures. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I so. took uh, Give Your Aircraft a Personality, which I'm really looking forward to playing that with. Oh, so, so uh, Give Your Aircraft a Personality. Uh, if you, do you have a regard slot that's open? I do. So what's the name of your aircraft? <gasps> oh, no. I have to come Stalin's up with a name. Stalin's Fury. That, that sounds great. <laughs> so, write, <laughs> so write a name of your, sh of, of your aircraft. Okay. Anywhere and then or? beside that regard, write... What, um, where's the slot for a uh, Oh, I found it. Okay. So you have two. Like, I blank your plane the most. So, uh, w how do you regard mm. your plane and also give your plane a name? Okay. Um, can so I just use Stalin's regard? Yeah. Okay, great. I have a, I have a question. Sure. Uh, just because I, I, I need to pick a move and the one I'm interested in, I don't fully understand yeah, how it absolutely. works. Absolutely. Uh, so the move I'm interested in picking is ghosts. Choose a dead comrade and hold three. I don't yeah. know what that means. Hold three is uh, a hold is something that you you will stack at, through play uh, that you can cash in on a future roll to get yourself a plus. So I, I basically just have three. You have three holds. You cannot use them all at the same time. Only one move at mm -hmm. a time. But you will have three holds that you can hold on to that in a future roll you can cash one of those holds in for a plus one yeah. forward. It says here specifically, whenever I ask a friend for help, I can spend my holds uh, one for one to succeed as if I had rolled ten or more. Every yeah. time I do this, I'm also harmed or marked by the experience. Basically, yeah. I'm getting f help from one of the ghosts of yeah. my friends. Either it's a flashback of, or some memory of yours, but even just going to those memories will hurt you. So uh, the people who died in that mission that I got promoted for are my you. three ghosts. Yeah. And they're still helping me. And, uh, nice. But they make me feel guilty. Yeah. yeah. I've decided to change the name of my plane. Okay, great. I want it to be Stalin's North Star. Stalin's North Star. Excellent. I, I want a little bit of irony with And how me. do you regard Stalin's... I respect it. You respect your plane. I respect my plane. She like always pulls through. I yeah. don't know how she does it. Yeah, you're like, you know, you're a good old girl. You're doing <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also want to uh, say that... Uh, that one of the marks I picked was suffer the death of a friend or lover. Um, I suffered the death of a comrade. That was, we know how that turned out. I got a medal for it. But I also suffered the death of a friend or lover, uh, uh, since I mentioned I'm a raging lesbian, um, that uh, 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 one of the reasons I uh, joined the army or joined the, this, this brigade is because uh, uh, my lover uh, no longer, uh, yeah, she died. Um, how she died? I, it's I, the war. It's the war. It, the war is messy. Yeah, the war yeah. is messy. Um, did she die in the Great Purge? Did she yeah. die before the war? I'm thinking she died because she got identified as a lesbian and put into one of those institutions and that just, you were and talking just about. Never came back. So and just so, never came back. So before before the war, late in the 30s, when you were a younger teenager, mm -hmm. uh, and she was just she was just carted away. And I like the V for Vendetta characters. Yeah, a little bit like I, that. I she was carted away. I was not, and that made me feel really bad. Uh, maybe I was not carted away because I said, oh, no, I'm not in love with a woman. Oh, I'm yeah. in love with this guy over here. <laughs> you, 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 I mean, this is what we'll see in the informal interviews is you say what you have to say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I think unlike, you know, real life or 
every other role playing game I usually play. I think I'm going to be straight for once. <gasps> gasp. <laughs> we both said gasp at the same time. Uh, and um, so. So you normally uh, always I'm, play a lesbian? <laughs> yeah, it just kind of happens. I understand. I understand. <laughs> I've never actually played a female character before in all of my years as a as a role player. I've uh, never either, actually. Yeah, that's just one I, I like about this is, is is this game is it, it helps you empathize with the different and also Jason Morrisar has a great little chapter on the way, especially war history is told is told from an extremely masculine lens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you do not hear war stories from the perspective of the women, the many yeah. women who Absolutely. served during yeah. World War II. And, uh, in, and so this story, Night Witches, and the story of the Night Witches is not the only story involving women in the war. They just Those stories just don't get told. Yeah. And so anyways. Well, well now we will tell them. Uh, I have a regard slot that I'm going to fill in, Joshua. I am afraid of Sparrow the most. You get people killed, and you uh, are—you don't deserve your rank. You don't deserve your medal. You don't deserve your responsibilities. You cannot be trusted. And it's not that I don't trust you. It's I am afraid that because I serve under you, you're going to get me killed one day. All probably true. (laughs) So, with that, whenever I'm rolling against you, or with you, or for you, or anything, I have plus one. I mean, any rolls. That involve you. I have a plus one to medals and yeah. zero in all the yeah. other stats. Whereas, it's... Joe, whenever you roll anything with that plane, as long mm-hmm. as you're in that plane when it happens, you will always get plus one on that okay. plane. Should I... anything happen to that plane, though, it's you will be bad. immediately get harm yeah. for losing that plane. I think it's uh, quite indicative of my character that she has zero in all of her stats, but somehow plus one in medals. <laughs> A, so Sparrow, I have a question here. I'm just going through a list of questions. I'm going to mm-hmm. give each of you one because we're running short. I want to wrap up this first episode. Yep. What happened the last time a crowd of brother airmen wolf whistled at you? Well, um, I think it's the two one six is an all men. I'm going to say what happened was I. Uh, I'll I'll talk again about one of my marks. Um, mm-hmm. I. Uh, Let's see. I could. Uh, uh, I definitely uh, fought against that very uh, uh, harshly. Uh, ha- ha- somebody help me out here. Because you described yourself too as also being very conventionally beautiful. I even, am conventionally even, even beautiful, but I am I'm very that? against the the patriarchy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in, in fact, I have uh, one of my marks yeah. is speak truth to a power, yeah. and I in and, my mind that was that too, was me so. bucking against the. Uh, the power was that, well, you, you know, the, the, the power of the male patriarchy. This might I'm be how you got one of your it. advances in, in, in those other sessions we didn't play that we skipped over here. Cause, yeah, maybe. you have four advances. Mm-hmm. One of them, you can advance whenever you buck against patriarchy. So uh, one of your brother airmen wolf whistled at you uh, when you were, say, visiting one of their air bases for supplies. Oh, I, I kicked his ass. Oh, he just, he just... I just, I wailed on him. I beat the, beat the living... Just, uh, uh, in front of his friends. Yeah, did he have a glass jaw? Did he just, like, go down in one oh, hand? Oh, yeah, he went down in one hand. Yeah, and yeah. then he just started crying for his mother. Yeah. Yeah. Which may be my speaking truth to power, or more likely, it probably was acting against my best interests, because I may have gotten... <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe a bit of both. <laughs> maybe a bit of both. <laughs> you know, I acted against my best interests by beating up this, uh, this guy, and then I got called into one of those informal interviews where I... Uh, uh, I spoke truth to power. I was like, "Well, look, he was. Uh, I, I, I outrank. Yeah. You know, I, I, I am. I have this rank, and he shouldn't be catcalling." Lyra, 
Uh, I have a question for you. Uh, whose picture will you tape to your plane's dash? My granddad. Your granddad? Yeah. Yeah. Aww. I write back to him all the time. Yep. Yeah. That's so awesome. It really is. <laughs> oh, it's so God. wonderful. Uh, Joe, <laughs> yes. when we search your footlocker, what surprising thing do we find? Oh. Oh, that's a good one. You want to think about that? Yeah, can you okay. come back to while, me a second? While Joe's thinking about that, uh, the two of you there, Neil, Joshua, have a look at those questions and ask Vera one of them. Okay, okay, wait, wait. Because uh, uh, I guess Vera is... I've got it right here. Vera, Vera comes from a very politically involved family, uh, living in Moscow, uh, very close to like the, the, the center of activity. Um is very proper, showed up in very like pressed clothes to training, has so when still has... tried to this day to keep the uniform to be quite regimented. And even though she's not in her like proper like civilian clothes anymore, she still is very fastidious, almost neurotic to to a point where there might be some duties that are not being done because she needs to look not not clean and beautiful, but proper and presented. Uh and it's very like stern in that way. And um uh, and so, uh, a year having happened, how that's affected is, uh, I mean, the, the lack of sleep is starting to catch up. Like that stress that wound up spring at all times. Like we've got your question. You gotta give you. a bit, Farah. Mm-hmm. You gotta give. So what's the question you'd like to ask? When has your sexuality gotten you in trouble? See, that's it. Oh, so it's gotten me in trouble when I have, um, I like to think if Vera's very, because there's a lot of quotes in here that I'm taking inspiration from as well. The um, some of the uh, many of the women who signed up believe that oh well, we're going to sign up for the army and we're going to find our husbands, and then Vera showed up to an all woman regiment full of lesbians. No, not me. She's not a lesbian. Are yeah, you no, a lesbian? As far as Vera is concerned, yeah. um, as far Le- as Vera Lear's is totally concerned, hooking up with people. Listen, Vera. Vera yeah. is a problem. Vera is a problem. So she showed up to this regiment. And there's not a single man in sight. And um, I think that's gotten her in trouble where, despite the fact that she's ratting people out to the NKVD and trying to be all that, um, she's doing so in taking opportunities to leave the base to other regiments or to go into a village to find that man that's not on this regiment. And it's put her in places of um, even danger. Or, or or letting down her, her own fellow airwomen or uh, being um, volunteering for jobs that she maybe shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> like uh, later on, not yet in history, but the Night Witches, when the uh, Navy was trapped in the Black Sea, the call went out for volunteers to fly during the day as well as still doing their night missions to deliver supplies. And the Night Witches unanimously volunteered to deliver supplies uh, supplies to to those men who were all trapped out in the water uh, at risk of themselves flying in broad daylight um, yeah I think Vera would throw herself in harm's way just to find a husband well she won't find out of here. the stress not necessarily <laughs> out of it's it, out of sexuality but out of that stress of having to uphold her duties that everyone has told her all her life she has to do if she's to be respected and how the hell is she supposed to be respected if she can't find a husband and have children by the time this war is over? And maybe getting pregnant will get her out of this regiment. Mm. Mm. 
<laughs> so what's uh, what's interesting for it my won't, character? But because <laughs> you were saying basically that uh, uh, I'm just lot... trying to snowball those thoughts one after another on yeah, this. Yeah. Like she's yeah. she's a she's a she's a ball of stress. It's it's gonna snap. Uh, it's interesting. You were saying a lot of the uh, you know it, it's a sign of the times. A lot of the women in this all women brigade ultimately were lesbians because. Of this. Well, we just don't know, too. Yeah. Well, we I mean, know. Was... They, all, they, may, they may not have been lesbians, but they may have resorted to that. Well, it's just like were... a lot of men yeah. in war. Like, there's, there was this great uh, a book of photography that came out from um, the Pacific Theater with uh, the, uh, uh, the Marines. Was it was the Marines? Who, uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the Americans who, who are fighting in, in, in the Pacific Theater. And, and the amount of nudity and... Uh, and, yeah. and, and, and uh, um, playing around that happened because it was just these men on a tropical island uh, for a few years by, by themselves. themselves. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and it's uh, and young too. Some yeah. of them like eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Gay, uh, they gay do, or not, they don't going. know their sexuality <laughs> yeah. yet, and yeah, and yeah. and and, and yeah. discovering that. And a lot of these women coming into this air force for the first time in their lives are given responsibilities and freedom and liberty, and 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 and, and with that, a chance to explore and discover and maybe they're not and maybe they are and maybe they don't know and mm-hmm. and uh and 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 they don't really have time because also you're flying every night um and uh and maybe vera isn't straight maybe vera doesn't know because vera has no emotional vocabulary to describe how she feels all she knows is the clock is ticking mm-hmm. yeah. this war is killing mm-hmm. everyone and she needs a husband by the time yeah. the war is over yeah. which is interesting because my my character may be one of the only like she was she was definitely interested in girls before the war started so yeah. that's that's a, a and 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 vera is afraid of sparrow and and maybe mm-hmm. that continues on to not just afraid of sparrow and how she doesn't belong in the rank that she has over vera but also like i should be a lieutenant why are you a lieutenant but maybe but also, also the fact in that sparrow there's a there's a, there's a jealousy in, in that you know who you are mm-hmm. and vera just knows what the state tells her to be right I feel for Lyra, one of mine here is publicly shame a comrade, and I feel like maybe she took an act on an appreciation of one of her comrades, the one that maybe she fell in love with, maybe made a pass, like a kiss or something, and it was not okay around the people that she was around. Yeah. And so, especially that time period, a bunch of people saw it. And was um, like, ah. It does It does have a, a, does have a note in, in, in the book uh, that, uh, you know, it, it, what might happen is there might be a talking to by your captain to mm-hmm. like you know keep the, keep that in check, it, and, then, well, and then if that doesn't go answer to, it might lead to an informal ah, interview. No. Uh, but regardless, outing someone for um, being queer uh, would be just the uttermost level of betrayal because right. of the circumstances that would follow from yeah. something like that. And perhaps she wasn't watching and she made a pass for a kiss yeah. and there happened to be people around. And, and, and half the time people were, were being interviewed were absolutely innocent. Mm-hmm. It was just, mm-hmm. you were next to someone who was doing something next to someone who was doing something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it just kind of daisy chained their way down. Um, so that was, sorry, that was a very long answer to a very short question. So thank you for that. <laughs> I think That's I have right. my, uh, yeah, your foot locker answer. My foot locker answer. I think I have curlers in my foot locker. Curlers? Curlers. Oh. <laughs> the old fashioned, like, overnight yeah. curlers. You yeah. with the, right. the monkey, right? yeah, the grease uh-huh. monkey. The gets grease her, monkey with the curlers. The grease monkey has your arm up to her like elbow it. inside like of it. a plane at yep. all times. And then sometimes on recreation, everyone's having a sleep. You wake just, up a little bit and you close the curtain around your bunk and you get out your mirror. Can I do my hair? And you, uh, you, you just try a little bit of the, 
Yeah. Yeah, just a, a bit of a taste of home. But not literally. I'm I not really, I really like these women that we've met. I, 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 these, I, are, I, these are four very, very different people that are these, here for very different reasons. Uh, uh, it's, yeah, Lyra, it's wonderful. Lyra, I see her very much as a as a prim, proper, graceful, by the books kind of individual. Uh, the eyes are on her, and she'll be damned if she's going to make anybody look bad, kind of a thing. The situation. So now we're going to wrap up. We're going to continue next week where we arrive. The situation in Pashkovska. I know we haven't done a whole lot of role playing, but that is going to kick into in the second episode um we should now have really interesting well differentiated characters hopefully this took about half an hour i think Um, we succeeded it's definitely a little longer than interesting yeah yeah we did plenty of role-playing for for a session that we didn't have any role-playing in here here is here is a, a thing for me to read out pashkovska was once a civilian airfield now about 10 kilometers from the major city of krasnador now it is home to the 588th and their brother unit, the 218th Night Bomber Regiment. Resources are shared uneasily and unevenly. When they aren't mocking you, they are stealing from you. When we come back next week, I will introduce us to our duty station, Pashkovska. Now what's great is we do have a ranking member, so we do have someone who will be assigning us our roles when we go to our mission. Uh, I will describe next week, because we're still learning the rules, uh, the day and night cycle of this game. This game is played in two phases, a day phase and a night phase, and then a day phase and I on repeat until we're done. Um, I will introduce you to the Pashkova duty sheet. We'll fill it out together, and we'll, I'll be allowing now the players to t- take the lead and tell me how things are going. I've got some questions to answer. Uh, based on their characters, we'll choose two threats to push, cherry-picking the most interesting angles of the group. Well, that's just for me. I shouldn't be saying that out loud. And, uh, and, and, oh, and if you want to draw the airbase, we're absolutely allowed to. Um, and once we have a, a characters, a couple of threats, and the airbase ready, we'll be ready to start playing. Um, we will begin at dawn with a debrief after a mission. I will appoint uh, Sparrow as the section leader. And Sparrow, I'll be asking you what you did when you saw a D-section fly into a solid wall of flak ahead of them. If they charged ahead, da, 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 if they turned back, da, 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 da. so I got a couple of questions here to ask you. Um, when we return next week, we will arrive, and I'm going to do a little reading ahead so I'm not just reading these things out loud for you. Uh, we will be arriving at our duty station in Pashkovska. We will begin taking our missions and going through our day and our night. We will likely next week have, and it'll be a half an hour in day, half an hour in night, and we'll do that like for, for two more episodes, and we'll see how much of this duty station we get done. And it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. Um, dear listener, uh, this game can be played long form very easily. We have three more duty stations after this that will take us right to Berlin at the end of the war. So if you want to take us to Berlin, head to patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. Become a supporter of any amount and vote on this month's poll. Every month you can vote for the next game we will record. So you're kind of voting for the, the two months from now what game we'll be listening to in the podcast. The first choice is always the game we are currently playing in the podcast. The second choice is a game we would like to return to that we played on the podcast. The third choice is a runner-up from a previous poll that came in second that I want to play but just barely didn't make it, so expect Dogs in the Vineyard to show back up there. And the fourth <laughs> choice is a new game we have never played and has not been on the poll. So that's sort of how the formula goes. So if you'd Which like us, if you'd like us to continue with Night Witches and continue with these Air Women and to continue all the way to Berlin, vote for that. Uh, and as for the other three, I don't know what those choices are at the time I record this, but they're up there. So check it out at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. That's the pitch. That's it. This is the end of episode one. Thank you for joining us here on Night Witches, here on the Terrible Warriors. Thank you, of course, to my 
Airwomen here at the table of the 588. Uh, I have been joined by Joshua Barbo of Chaotic Rogue Entertainment. Who is playing? Uh, who is playing Sparrow. Uh, Marina Tsvetkova, otherwise known as Sparrow. Neil Tavares, Neil T. Tattoos, playing Lyra Kazakova. Joe Drummond, playing Mariam Pomelova. And I'm just Nika, playing Vera. Just Vera, thanks. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> The Terrible Warriors has episodes out every Tuesday, usually. It's the start of the year. Give us a chance to get back into the groove of things. We'll return next week with the second episode of Night Witches. We're finally going on a mission with the airwomen of the 588. Night Witches is written by Jason Morningstar, published by Bully Pulpit Games. Go check out that game. Try it for yourself. It's really something to read. Let them know the Terrible Warriors sent you. Follow us on Twitter at Dice Warriors. Don't forget about that Patreon account, patreon.com slash Terrible Warriors. You can help pick our next game. And of course, there's our Discord channel. You can hang out with us, spend some time with us, maybe join in on a listener-run game. The link to it to join our channel at TerribleWarriors.com. Today's Terrible Warriors and your airwomen of the 588 were Joshua Barbo, Neil Tavares, Joe Drummond, and Justin Ecock. We'll be back next week with our first mission in our Night Witches campaign, right here on the Terrible Warriors. <laughs>